This is the Critical Conversations podcast, a KPOV special project developed to feature unique perspectives and the courage it takes to go there, challenge mundane thought, and question the norm. And now we have Ryan Spinks on. He is a local activist who is getting a master's in strategic communications at the University of Oregon. And he reached out to me and Isabel to help us plan this protest coming up on June 11th. So, Ryan, can you just tell us a little bit about yourselves, about yourself and how you got into activism in this area? Yeah. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for first having me on. Uh, I wish I was younger uh, <laughs> as much as my joints crack when I get up in the mornings. But I'm glad to be partnering with students in the area. It's so important for us to be highlighting youth voices, um, black indigenous community voices. Uh, we really hope to kind of pass the mic off to the communities that are the most impacted by this. Um, as you mentioned, I'm planning this with my fiance Mackenzie. Uh, we both live here in Bend, and we're super excited to be planning this. We we are partnering with the March for Our Lives National Organization, which is called for the Day of Protest uh, on June 11th. Um, and we both really got into this kind of slowly. I grew up in a life of privilege, and I kind of wore that shield around me for a little too long. Um, going to school, especially at the University of Oregon, it being such an accepting campus, uh, I really learned a lot about other people and kind of opened up my own shell. I think it really switched for me. I had the opportunity to study abroad in South Africa um, and heard a lot of subtle racism from a lot of people talking about how dangerous it was and how certain parts of the area, certain areas you don't really want to go to. Um, and when I was there, I figured out that a lot of those areas, the safe areas, were considered the white areas in South Africa. And I recognized a lot of things that were very similar between the countries. Um, and you know, what makes America the number one country in the world is that there's a there is a way to change. And I think the vocal activism from both of you uh, in the studio today and from so many youth across the country uh, is what's going to make America into the America that we all want to live in. 100% and hearing from such a different perspective in the sense of like being a college student compared to a high school student is so interesting. So Ryan, how is your experience as a college student different from the experience of a high school student like Isabel? Well, as Isabel mentioned previously, just the differences in generations. I mean, so much has changed, uh, whether it be technologically or just ideologically, um, knowing that, you know, I've grown so much in just my time between high school and now, and it's been seven years. Um, it is so important to be highlighting youth voices. You guys are the most impacted, especially by these school shootings, um, teachers as well. Uh, highlighting these youth voices and making sure that they have their words heard is so important. Um, thankfully, I've had the opportunity to study at the UO School of Journalism and Communications, so I have a couple more connections, and I've been trying to use that to help kind of leverage our event into a bigger event, one that can draw national attention, but ultimately the voices should fall with the people that are impacted. And that's why we hope to have as many BIPOC people out. We really want a representation from the LGBTQIA plus community um, and students such as yourselves. Amazing. Just to kind of touch on the uh, master's in strategic communications, how does that contribute to activism and how does that help it? Yeah, uh, thankfully for me, my program has been on top of discussing these issues. Um, I actually started my master's pretty much entirely in in COVID isolation, uh, and that's that's what I've done. Most of my school's been online, and so a lot of us have kind of had to deal with the the ups and the downs of that, and then also hearing all of these all of these situations happening, like in Uvalde, in Buffalo, uh, and more recently in Tulsa as well. 
you really start to realize how many issues there are and how much you rely on other people. Not having someone to talk to personally in classes or just passing in the hallways uh, was difficult. Um, and I think a lot of people felt isolated. Uh, it it has changed my mind in a lot of ways, um, but it has also brought me a lot of hope for how you know the community has rallied around each other, how the students in my program have rallied around, um, and how my teachers and the staff have been have been so supportive. Uh, they've provided me resources and study techniques and reach out templates that have been absolutely invaluable. Yeah, it's honestly it's sad to see something like this happen, but it's honestly very inspiring to see how people have kind of started to protect each other more as we're realizing that sometimes we can't look to our police officers and we can't look to our politicians and our representatives for that safety, but we can look to it from look for it from our neighbors. So obviously we are in two different generations, but being a part of Gen Z, how can generations who have come before you help you solve the issue of gun violence in America? I, th I think I'm on like the tail end of millennials, <laughs> so I don't think millennials really accept me. Um, it's it's been I don't I don't really know how to tackle it. It's it's really hard. There's there's so many different ways, and obviously the older generations are the the majority of gun holders in in the United States. So it does take that work with them to to also uh, go through this because they are the ones that are supporting and own the guns. Um, my parents, in specific, have come a long way. I've worked with them and my sister. We've been working with them so much to kind of get rid of those those old ideas, um, and they've come so far. I'm so proud of them. Uh, we all still have a long ways to go in getting America to where we want to be, but it will take the the older generations as well as the younger generations coming together to finally say enough is enough. And like like Isabel said, if if nineteen kids and, and two teachers in Uvalde don't don't tip the needle in some way, when when will? One hundred percent. I also feel like touching on the fact that like it's so amazing as a young person in activism seeing someone like yourself and Mackenzie kind of help us in the way of setting those like giving us that foundation to grow upon and have our voices on is one of the biggest ways for me personally thinking about how people who are older can help that is how being the kind of person who reaches out and has that foundation that someone else can come on to and use that platform to get their message across across is so important and is so helpful to have that from people who are older than you and might be more experienced in other areas and having degrees that are surrounding communications in that way. And to just kind of stay on you being a student and being kind of still in college, obviously, what does what is your degree being used for in the sense of like, what is a strategic communications degree? So I always like to think of it as you're, it's using communications to really reach people and stakeholders, especially uh, you need to be able to reach your community. It's widely applicable. Uh, so I kind of struggle sometimes explaining it directly to people. Um, but it can be anything from PR and understanding how a company wants to communicate to uh, social change organizations like March for Our Lives or environmental change organizations, uh, knowing who their stakeholders are, knowing who the community is, and being able to communicate with them in a way that doesn't make them feel alienated. Uh, if you can bridge that gap and if you can get your stakeholders to agree with the organization and kind of get behind one, one mindset of how we can change, then you can really change the world. And so that's how I hope to use my 
my degree. I know there's plenty of people probably in different programs across the nation that are using it in a different way. Um, but that's really where I want to focus my degree on is, is getting everyone behind a single idea of how we can change America for the better. That is truly amazing to hear from someone who has put in so much time and effort into a degree and is truly using it in such a selfless way. I also just wanted to kind of just touch on the fact that, like, you know, coming into this is one of your first marches that you have planned, one of the first protests you have done. Did you ever find yourself thinking that you would be in this kind of position of getting your degree, meeting two high schoolers and planning a march like this together? It's it's changed a lot over the years. I would have said if you were to talk to me in my undergrad, probably not. I was much more apathetic about my my activism. But as I've as I've gone on and realized that these problems are persisting, um, I've seen all the marches happening, and it's still these these issues continue. Uh, I really took a second to myself and thought, okay, I need to get active. I need to, I need to start doing something. Um, and we were Black Lives Matter protests after George Floyd. We marched, and it was in the middle of COVID. But we were like, you know, this trumps any sort of health concern we have. We need to go make our voices heard. And we wore masks. <laughs> we protected ourselves and others. But at, at some point, you get to a place where you need to see change and that change isn't happening yet and your voice needs to be heard. And so my goal is really if we can get one other person who to this point has been not not necessarily ready to mobilize, if we get one extra person out at this march, that's great. If the next march they get one extra person, that's one extra voice that's that's petitioning for change. Yeah, 100%. It takes an army to solve an issue like this and it's an army of all kinds of people from all different kinds of backgrounds. So I feel like seeing and hearing how your degree has kind of pushed you towards this idea of unity and bringing us all together to solve specific issues. What does your ideal world look like with different gun gun laws? Like if you could choose in the ways of which guns are talked about and guns are regulated, how would that be? I think of it much like cars. Uh, like Isabel said, there's hunting weapons that it, you're probably never going to get rid of. Um, there is obviously the Supreme Court decisions that have supported the right to guns. Um, but I need to get a license to drive a car. There's a six-month waiting period when I get my permit for me to even be able to drive someone else because I'm a risk to them. Uh, if I, I can't go hop in a semi and start driving that around commercially, I don't want to because I'm not qualified. Um, the same way... The same thing should be applied to guns. There are so many steps that we can take. Uh, expanded background checks, uh, magazine limit, ma- limit the magazine sizes, have them marked by the manufacturer so that we know when they were created, um, and make sure that anything outside of what is okay for civilian life, like hunting, um, is restricted to military purposes. And that's a whole other discussion, um, but there is so much room for America to change. We've seen it in so many other places in the world. And like you mentioned earlier, the uh, once the assault weapons ban was allowed to stop, shootings just went up again. And that was a simple step. We just let it go. Yeah, it's like we keep getting these opportunities and these like just absolute slaps in the face to make change and get on this issue and we just choose not to. So kind of looking in the future of this upcoming march on june 11th starting at 12 p.m at drake park what are your hopes of what's to come from this march 
Well, nationally, our goal is HR 8. That's been sitting in front of the Senate for a year. Uh, it was passed by the House, and it's just expanding universal background checks. It's absolutely necessary. It's a step we can take right now, and it was bipartisan in the House. Um, locally, there's IP 17, which goes a step further. Uh, it marks magazines after manufacturer date. It limits capacity sizes, and it requires uh, testing and and a permit process for owning a weapon. These are simple steps that we can make a change on now. They're both sitting in front of legislature. If we can get those passed, that's a great first step. Um, but obviously, there's more to do. These marches will continue until everyone's safe. Um, and one child is, is way too much. Yeah, I 100% agree with not just passing those, not just nationally, but also locally pressing matters. But it truly is insane that we have let so many children die from gun violence to the point where it's like, as Isabel said, it's scary to have children in this day of age and no one should be scared of having children because of all these outside issues. But it's even more scary to think of the perspective as being a parent and sending your child to school the day after a shooting and not knowing if they're going to come home. Just to kind of finish off our segment, Ryan, is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners or just anything that you would like to give them advice about on how to kind of step into the activism world and become active like you have? Yeah, there's there's plenty of Facebook pages. We've worked with a ton. Um, the March for Our Lives Facebook page, it's just March for Our Lives Bend, has, has posted a couple times about our community partners that we're working with. Please go get involved. There are so many grassroots organizations in Central Bend, uh, or sorry, Central Oregon, um, that are really making a difference, uh, like like you all are with the Redmond School District and pushing for IP17. And there's there's so many grassroots organizations, there's so many activists that want the change. We just need the voices. So the louder we get, the better chance we have to make change. And that's that's really the goal. Ultimately, is to just have so many voices yelling out for change that that it's undeniable now that something needs to happen. Yeah, our strength is in numbers and having enough people to truly show everyone how much we need and we want these kinds of laws to keep us safe is so important. I remember when I was speaking a few weeks ago on air about um, Sharon Klein. After that, I spoke to Michael Funk at another podcast and he gave me the idea about the protest. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, we need to invite every single Redmond School Board person we possibly can because these people are sitting behind a desk and they're deciding all these things without knowing what the public wants. So having those numbers at the upcoming March on June 11th at 12 p.m. is so important to just show all of these people who are in power around us and nationally how badly we want and we need these policies, these laws, these HR 8s and how important they are to not just us, but also our community. We have about two minutes left, and I just wanted to give a quick thanks to not just Ryan Spinks, but also Isabel Richards for coming on our show today. Um, It is truly inspiring, even as a young person, to look up to someone who has used their degree in such an influential, influential way, and I will always look up to Isabel being the girl boss that she is. So, yeah, just kind of looking forward As I've mentioned, there is going to be a protest on June 11th at 1 p.m. at Drake Park. It is partly being done by March for Our Lives Bend and is partnering with other organizations in the area. And we will have speakers, including myself and Isabel and Heather McNeil from Moms to Man Action. And we are hoping to not only have a really big turnout, but also make sure that we are showing how bad we want these gun laws and how important they are to us and how pressing the issue in the matter is. Because after Uvalde, there truly cannot be any more school shootings as big as this one. It was the biggest one since Sandy Hook, and I physically can no longer 
go on reading these statistics and reading these names of victims. I don't know how you could be a sensible person and read a list of fourth graders who are gunned down in their classrooms and continue to own a gun and continue to hunt in the way that you do and continue to defend your right to bear arms in such an insanely pressing way. You've been listening to a KPOV Critical Conversation. To hear more engaging interviews on important topics, please visit kpov.org slash critical conversations.